Hello, my name is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. My prayer for you is that this message would be meaningful to you, that it would challenge you, and that it would help you move forward in your faith. To be a part of all that we get to do here at Redefined Church, visit us online at churchredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoyed today's message. Hey, what's up? Happy Thanksgiving. So glad that you're here today. Uh, before we start service, let's, let's say thanks. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity, Lord, to gather online in our houses, in our comfy clothes, Lord, to hear a word and to finish up this series, The Foundation of Family. Thank you so much for what you've done this month in the lives and in the houses of people, Lord, in marriages, in kids, Lord, in our faith. Thank you so much for what the day of Thanksgiving represents, Lord, that we can take time to give thanks, to be with family, to be with friends, Lord, and to reflect on how good you are to us. Let us do that today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we have been in a series titled The Foundation of Family, and it has been, um, it's been remarkable, just some of the comments that we've got back. And so today, we're really talking about what it all starts with. I, I titled today's message, Praise Break. We're going to take time to give thanks. This is uh, so timely with Thanksgiving weekend, just uh, being... Thursday. And so, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. This is one of the scriptures that we've parked on when we give thanks. And so, talking today, how in the middle of it all, how in the middle of everything that's happening in our lives, we just need to stop and give thanks. It's especially meaningful as Thanksgiving weekend comes and we finish up November, we finish up this series, we head into Christmas. And of course, you know, it was just Black Friday. So, everybody's doing their Christmas shopping because I hear that Christmas is going to be delayed with presents and shipping and all kinds of stuff this year, right? So you guys are all out there. And so when it comes to the foundation of family, the last three weeks we've discussed having solid faith, building a solid marriage, and creating solid kids. But what does all of that start with? How do we ride the roller coaster of lives and manage the ups and downs and the hard turns and all of that? We choose, we choose, we have to make a conscious effort, a choice to be thankful in everything. Give thanks in everything, trusting that it's God's will for your life. And trusting that God's will for your life or for our life will prevail. God's will is going to prevail in your life if you call His Son your Savior. And I've been more discouraged. I'm just going to let you know right now. I've been more discouraged and more let down and more frustrated, upset, aggravated, any, anything that you can think of that is negative. I have been that the last four years uh, in our season here. And the one thing that has helped me through all of this is worship, is praise, it's thanks, it's gratitude, it's sitting still and remembering, it's quiet time to reflect and to worship and to thank God for who He is. And when I'm unsure, uh, this has been my Christian life. When I'm unsure, when I'm discouraged, when I'm dissatisfied, or when I'm just mad, I understand right there in that moment, I just need to worship. I choose to worship. I make a conscious effort, and I just thank God for who He is. Just thank God for who He is. This goes along with our family mission, um, and it's in Colossians chapter 3. This is verse 14 through 17. And in all things add love, which covers everything. Let the peace of Christ, which makes you confident, be in control of your heart and be thankful. Don't stop living the Bible. Let it dwell in your heart because it keeps you connected. Teach and encourage each other with wisdom because you are wise. And worship with all of your heart, whatever you do in word or action. Do it in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God, your heavenly Father, through Him because He gives you victory. Who gives us victory? He does. It's His will for our life that we win. He brings all good things to our life. And so then... This is uh, part of our family mission, what I just read to you. And we like to lead with thanks, believing that it brings a great attitude, 
a positive outlook. Uh, it brings peace. It brings happiness. And man, when I hit the pillow at night, it brings me rest. It brings me rest believing that God brought me through another day. And so then last week in the service, I referenced a reel that I saw on Instagram of a woman uh, calling Jesus and asking her, hey, could you just come get me right now? And I think it's natural to feel that way when things aren't going our way. Yeah, could you just, let, let's just be done. If Should Jesus tarry? We kind of just throw that out the window. Jesus has got to be coming back soon, right? And when things don't trend to go uh, very well, then and our circumstances are, are, are trending negatively, it's easy for us to desire something else, right? But I believe that no matter where you find yourself today, you have something to be thankful for. And, and hopefully just two days ago, three days ago, you remember that. And I would just ask you to reflect on that. What are you thankful for right now? 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, Give thanks in every circumstance. In everything, give thanks. And so then, today I want to look at Paul when he was in prison. This is Philippians chapter 4. Now, he's not in prison for a crime. He's in prison for speaking about Jesus. And he's facing the possibility of being executed. And so he writes to his friends in Philippi, which seems logical. I'm in prison, facing execution. You know what I should do? I should write a letter. That makes sense. I mean, they may never hear from me again, so yeah, I should do that. And so he says this in Philippians 4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And then it's like in his writing, somebody said, You can say that again. And so he does. I will say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Now, this is a verse that we love to refer back to, especially when we're going through a tough season, trial, a battle, or we're being inconvenienced. Man, just rejoice. And it's one of those great scriptures that would be great on a t-shirt or a coffee mug or like a devotional book, right? It, it's, it's awesome, Okay. And it makes you sound spiritual when you say it too. Just re- rejoice in the Lord always, man. If you ever want to just sound spiritual, just say, just re- hey, just rejoice in the Lord. Okay? Just rejoice in the Lord always. And as we jump into this, I just want to show, give you some full transparency, especially over the last four years. I absolutely cannot stand when people quote this verse to me. Okay? <laughs> That's the truth. And no matter where I am, in the middle of a difficult situation, I think when people throw this at me, let's just put yourself in the shoes. You have a flat tire. You just found out that, um, you know, your boss is, is making some changes and you might have to take a pay cut or you might let, get let go. Um, in all of this, when, when this is said to you, the response that you're looking for is not just rejoice in the Lord always. Okay. Hey, by the way, we're making some cuts. You're next. Rejoice in the Lord. Okay. That's not the first thing that people want to hear. And more, more times than not, the, those who are spiritually inclined, that's what they like to throw out. That these, these, I was talking to a buddy just the other day. And um, I said, man, I know these Christian cliches that people like to throw around because they live in certain parts of, of the world or certain communities where they just don't feel it. Like we feel it and they just think, well, hey, God bless you. Hey, it'll all get better. Hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. You know, all those things that we like to say to each other. And when stuff is, when, when stuff's hitting the fan or life is hard, that's probably the last thing you want to hear is, hey, just rejoice. Just rejoice, right? Now, the biggest reason I can't stand when somebody says this to me is I immediately think, where are you at in your life? Where are you at? What are you saying? Do you rejoice in the Lord always? 
Do you? Really? <laughs> I mean, wow, that's amazing. It's amazing. But then I wonder about Paul and what was in him that made him tell people to rejoice in the Lord, especially when he was in prison facing execution. Did Paul rejoice in, in the Lord when he was in prison? He absolutely did. He absolutely did. He was with his friend and he and Silas lucked into getting locked up together, right? Now you think about being thrown into prison, you're, you've, just, you've just got beat, right? You get thrown into, the, into a prison cell, it's cold, it's probably not the softest ground, right? It's probably a little hard. You got some open wounds. You likely got a black eye, okay? Maybe a broken nose or some broken ribs. You're bleeding. There's no doctor. There's no nurses. There's no Band-Aids. There's no ibuprofen. There's not Advil. You can get an ice pack, okay? Have you been there? Have you been to that place? I've not. I've almost been to prison, okay? And luckily, I got escorted home. And as I was getting escorted home, I remember my dad in the window of the kitchen looking out as this police officer followed me into my driveway. And he looks at my mom. He tells me this when I get inside. And my mom told me this. My dad wasn't happy. Uh, and he says, hey, look, Dusty brought a friend home. Hey, look, Dusty brought a friend home. And thankfully, that night, I didn't have to spend uh, the night in a prison cell. Okay, I got to sleep in my own bed. If you don't know why I was followed home by cops, because I was a terrible driver as a teenager, okay? I had places to be. Simple as that. Now, in all seriousness, maybe you hit the ground. Maybe you've hit the floor when someone you love passed away. I know we've all experienced that. Maybe you hit the floor when someone uh, that you know you found out is sick or they're facing death. Or you have a loved one who's, whose health has turned. Maybe you hit the floor when you found out that your kid was doing drugs or that your spouse was leaving, and maybe you've just been crushed. And, and the sad part is, is, is none of this surprises anybody anymore. It's, it's almost like it's expected to happen. And what breaks my heart is for people who experience this and have to go through it alone, and with nobody to be there to show a little bit of compassion, a little bit of empathy. And, and I have to say, in the last two years, I believe the majority of us have experienced some kind of tragedy or trauma and we've experienced enough of it that it's, it's really enough for all of us for the rest of our lives, right? In those tragic moments, though, what do you do? What do you do? And I can tell you that for me, when stuff starts getting hard, I actually stop and I, and I just thank God. And, and I do that to get the focus off of me, off of my situation, off of my circumstance. But what do you do in those moments? And what, what Paul and Silas did is they just said, we're going to praise God. We're just going to praise God. And what was Paul doing in prison? He was rejoicing always. Wow. Feeling like dirt, right? Dirt rubbed in his wounds. It's a, it's a bad situation. It's a bad situation. And what I want you to see first about these guys is this. That'd be first. They were praising God not for, not for what, but for who. They were praising God for who, not what. They were bloody, they were bound up. And if you would ask, what are you praising God for? I don't think that there was a what that they could point to. There's not one what that Paul goes, well, you know, we're praising God because this happened, right? Nothing good was happening, but their God was still good. And that's the truth for us today. Even though nothing good might be happening or you can't point to anything good, God still is. 
And they weren't praising God for what? There was no thank God for the beating we just took. No thank God for the cell that we're sitting in. There was no what to thank God for. They were praising him for who he was to them. And you can do that too. And I can do that too. It's Psalms 106.1. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Your circumstances may be bad, but your God is still good. And this is what we see and this is what we teach and this is how we live. And, and this is part of our foundation. God is still near to you. His promise is still true to you. His love is still unconditional to you. His grace is still amazing for you. And his timing is still perfect in your life. God is still good to you. Now, you may not like all the what that's going on, but you can still praise the who. You can still praise God for who he is. And when you think someone, think about this, when you think someone, you honor them. When you say thank you, you're honoring them. The Bible says this, says this is true about God. Give, giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. That's Psalms 50, 23. Giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. When you sacrifice by giving thanks, you're sacrificing your time. Your time is the one thing you can't get back. You can get money back. You're never going to get your time back. And it takes time. It takes some serious time. And depending on the depth and the severity of the circumstance, it takes a lot of time to think about who or what you may be grateful for. And if the only time, think about this, if the only time that people thanked you for something, um, if, if the only time people thanked you is when you did something for them, rather, you'd begin to wonder, do they even like me? Or they just like me for what I do for them? There was a time in my life where I'd ask myself that question. And if all you do is thank God for letting you sit in church or giving you the food that's on your plate or all the things that he does for you, it's worth asking yourself, do I really love God or do I just love the things that God does for me? It's a great question to ask yourself, depending on where your thanks is, who your thanks is for. We must learn to thank God, not for just what he does for us, but for who he is to us, to us. For example, something like this, I wrote this out for, for example, God, thank you for your wisdom that's greater than me. Thank you that you know what will make me happy more than I do. Thank you that you're consistent when I'm inconsistent. Thank you for your love and your mercy and that you're always fair. Thank you that even when I don't understand something, you have my best interest at heart. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you, God, for being so good to me, for being my God, for being my provider, for being my healer, for being my doctor is what we tell our kids, right? The kind of gratitude that goes beyond thank you, God, for our food to thank you, God, for who you are honors God. It honors God, and it gives you deeper spiritual roots, and that's what we're all after. We're after a deeper relationship with God. Hebrews 13, 15, and 16 says this, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice, time, a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others with such sacrifices, God is pleased. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased, spending time with others, being thankful, a sacrifice of praise. It takes a little more to thank God for who he is, than it does to thank him for what he did. There's intentionality in it. It's a sacrifice. It takes some time. The second thing I want you to see about Paul and Silas is this. They were praising God before the provision. They were, they were praising God before 
the answer before anything good came. And too often we hold off on praising God, too often we hold off on thanking God until he provides what we want. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying he's, he's waiting, he's taking his sweet old time up there. We hold off on thanking God for what we should already have by faith. And because we hold off, we don't get. Praise God. It says, it says thank him like you've already received, right? Believe like you have received. And so then think about it for a second. I know I've been guilty of this. I've been guilty of this. It sounds like what I just described sounds like a little a bratty kid, right? Sounds like a bratty kid. I won't be grateful until I get what I want. When I get what I want, then I'll say thank you. Lenny sometimes does this to us. Axton's going through a little bit of this right now, but the issue with him is he doesn't speak plain English yet. And so we can't communicate effectively, but we know what he wants. We know what he wants. And so we got that going for us. Now, let's talk about this on out of Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Mark eleven twenty four tells us to believe as if we have received and it will be ours. So then don't hold praise or keep praise or keep thanks from God. It says, for this reason, I am telling you, whatever things you ask for in prayer in accordance with God's will, just for your life, believe with confident trust. That's a good trust right there. Confident trust that you have received them and they will be given to you. Paul and Silas praised God before their prayers or their circumstance ever changed. They praised anyways. And that's the kind of people God is looking for. That's the kind of faith that we should all have, right? It's the, that's that Mark eleven twenty four. The third thing is this. They were praising God, and then he showed up. Rejoice always. Always means regularly, consistently, always. They were rejoicing always. And because of their consistency, because of their intentionality, because of the sacrifice, I mean, I guess you could say, well, all they had was time. They were locked up. Locked up, right? All they had was that but they were still sacrificing and giving what they had to God. And because they did, he showed up. Their circumstance hadn't changed, yet they continued to worship. Paul and Silas were worshiping in the middle of the night. And God showed up. So you say, well, midnight's not the middle of the night. It is to Heather, because Heather likes to go to bed at 8. I mean, midnight is like, that's prime time for me, okay? Acts, Acts 16, 25-26. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation, the foundation of your faith starts with thanks. It starts with thanks. The foundation of your family starts with thanks. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And at once, at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Now, they did not praise God because he showed up. They were praising God and he showed up, right? God showed up because they were praising him. So when we're thankful, when we praise him, he will show up. Consistency, sacrifice of praise, right? When he shows up, it changes our thinking. We gain perspective, right? And if we change our thoughts, like last week, when we change our thoughts, our words and our actions soon follow. We've got to change that thought process. And when you change the, your thought process and those words and action follows, the outcome of your life changes. The outcome of your life changes all because we choose gratitude. You want to change the outcome? Change the thought process. Attitude of gratitude is what we like to call it, being thankful. So then when it comes to the foundation of family, it starts with your personal faith in God, 
Your relationship with him is a journey where you learn how to serve and how to love and how to trust God. That was week one. Week two, it continues in marriage, right? When you find the one that God has for you, your relationship with your spouse, it's a process. Guess what? Where you learn how to serve and love and trust each other. And then you would have it all figured out, right? And the the reality is, is you're not going to have it all figured out and you're never going to be ready to have kids. So you have kids anyways. And when you have kids, it's real exciting. And with a solid foundation, time and patience, God's going to grace you to handle it and to lead through it. But as for today, regardless of what season you're in or where your relationship is with God, one thing is true. Be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful. Take time for praise. Have a praise break. Nothing beats a praise break. Nothing gets the, gets the spotlight off of you like worship, like praise, like thanks to God. Not just in the car when you're bored. Be intentional. Find time to say thanks to God, not just for what he's given you, but for who he is to you. This is the foundation of a phenomenal family. This is the foundation of a fabulous house. Okay. The first thing that Heather and I agreed on ever in the history of our relationship, the first thing we agreed on, I'm never going to forget it. I will never forget it. It starts with thanks. It starts with thanks. It marries to our mission in Colossians chapter three so well. It's her perspective on Colossians chapter three, which my, my perspective is Colossians chapter uh, three, verse two. Hers is Philippians four, four through nine. Let's take a look. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. It's what we started with. It's the first verse we started again. Rejoice. What's he saying? Don't forget to say thanks. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. He's saying, be an example. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't let life kick your butt. Okay. But in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. He is always with you. He will never leave you. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you trust God's will concerning you. It's a scripture we open with. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. It's Colossians 3.2. Set your mind on things above. And whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. It will be well with you and you will live a long life. What's this saying? Grow, mature, become better disciples, have deeper relationships. Remember, when you say thanks, you are honoring. So gratitude gives honor to God and it gives honor to others. But it also brings you a great attitude. It brings you a positive outlook. It brings you peace. It brings you happiness. And that gives you rest, which is the perspective you need to finish 2021. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk and take a little bit of a praise break to reflect on what thanks really is, how it honors you. Lord, when we take intentional time to sacrifice our time to say thank you, Lord, not for what you do. What you do is automatic. You're going to do it always because what you want for us is greater than we want for ourselves. And what we need, you know more than we know. And Lord, you know each of us better than we know ourselves. You know the number of the hairs on our head. You know 
each of our fingerprints, Father God. And so I just pray right now that you would help us to reflect on this and help everybody to fix their foundation. Let their foundation, let their day, let their day start with praise. Or Psalm 118, 24. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Let us give thanks today and every day following. Lord, take this word, take this message, lodge it in people's hearts so deep that they will not forget to say thanks every day for who you are in their life. I love you, and I thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that God gave you revelation, that you were enlightened, and that you can see more of what God has for you. Make sure you take this message one step further by following through with our action steps so you can grow deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about who we are or what's happening here at Redefined Church, you can visit us online at churchredefined.com. You can follow us on social media at Redefined Church, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Vimeo, or Apple. Thanks for allowing me to be part of your life. I'll talk to you soon.